definition of wanderlust is the strong desire for or impulse to wander or travel and explore the world. This year more than ever has created a wanderlust in almost everyone as travel was halted to an abrupt stop by a global pandemic. As the world slowly reopens, digital transformation in e-commerce travel is changing the travel industry. We are super excited today to talk with our good friend, Ryan Khan. Ryan is highly experienced in the travel industry, working as a senior account executive at Expedia for almost seven years, then transitioning three years ago to senior sales director brand partnerships at Culture Trip. Culture Trip is an e-commerce brand that is making its mark on travel with its ever-growing popularity, cultivating real authentic experiences that could be personalized to one's individual preferences all through its smartphone app. Culture Trip uses a wide range of content, including photos, illustrations, articles, and videos, incorporating AI to provide incredible, real, informative information to its users. Its online platform has grown to over 8 million followers. Ryan is strongly skilled in digital strategy and marketing, integrated brand partnerships, and digital marketing. Just another way tech is influencing how we live, or in this case, how we travel. Welcome, Ryan. Welcome. Thank you for coming and talking to us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here uh, with my good friends to talk uh, a little travel and tech. I was looking, I've been looking forward to it. That's, that's what we're here for. So Ryan, in a recent poll, eight out of 10 travelers surveyed claim that their travel habits will actually change post-pandemic. Yes, after quarantine, everyone wants out. Everybody wants out. So in your opinion, how has the travel business really pivoted in the last five years as far as incorporating technology and specifically what has really changed over the last year? Yeah, I think in general, uh, especially when you think of technology, uh, it's really about who or how people are actually planning their trip and how they're booking their trip. So obviously back in the day, you know, we were walking into, you know, travel agencies like Liberty Travel who are now out of business. Yeah. And now people are looking, you know, more so to those like OTAs such as Expedia. Um, and then we have, you know, those like Airbnbs and Verbos where people are looking for just different ways to travel uh, based on their habits, um, you know, what they're interested in, uh, the type of trip as well. So, you know, a lot of how people are booking um, or how, you know, based on their interests, um, it could be an outdoor trip versus a beach trip. So, you know, utilizing more of the, the online platforms where there's just been a, a, just an influx of a lot of different ways to do this, whether it's just hotel specific or um, flight specific, like a hopper, for example. Uh, there's just so many choices. Um, and then there's a company like mine, Culture Trip, where we delve into the, into the world of uh, content where we're trying to solve the problem of a full funnel approach where you can actually be inspired, plan, and also book. Uh, so that's really the holy grail of really where, you know, my company is right now uh, within the sort of the mix of the of the booking uh, area of tech. That's, that's interesting. You did actually spend many years working at Expedia, if I remember correctly, which obviously is one of the largest uh, online travel booking companies in the world. And, and you just said a comment that was kind of, we always laugh about this from, from when we remember booking our honeymoon. Is, is the traditional travel agent really dead? Is that market completely gone away? It's, it's gone away in, in a huge way. Like I mentioned, you know, with all the different ways uh, from a tech standpoint where you can now travel, 
uh, you can book and, and plan just by using your phone. You know, back in the day, you used to, again, like I mentioned, you walk in, you're planning a trip and you could be there for, for three hours and get nowhere. Right now, it's just a click away to, 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 to book a trip. Um, but I do have to say, uh, one area of the, the face-to-face has been what we call, uh, you know, the concierge, the travel concierge companies, okay. uh, like a Pro Travel International, for example, where it's more of the, uh, the curated high-end type of luxury trip where these specific types of agents are planning everything for you from the type of seat you're gonna sit on your airplane, the type of room you have, the different amenities to the experiences, uh, to everything really from the, the booking stage to even the post-travel stage. So that actually has gotten gotten quite popular uh, where, so so really the, 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 the travel agent per se isn't completely dead, but again, given the proliferation of how many options we have to book now. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of people, you know, did lose their jobs, um, yeah. because of that, like many industries right. that have gone sort of in that, you know, digital, into digital, the digital transformation. World. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they used to have, do you remember those old systems when you'd walk in and it looked like they were typing a novel and I was like, I just wanted to know if there's a flight available at 7 PM on a Tuesday. And they just, just be clicking away, clicking away. So yeah, book, booking. Like I said, you know, it's more about personalization these days rather than just going in and saying, "Yeah, I'm looking to, you know, go on a seven night trip. I'm looking to spend this. Right. You know, what can you do for me?" Um, right. It's so it's 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 definitely been interesting uh, over the past five, probably you know five ten years, just with all the different options that you do have. Culture Trip seems to really differentiate itself from other online travel sites by cultivating real travel experiences, which sounds amazing. Is there a specific area that you are seeing more interest than others? Yeah. So the other thing that we that we know, you know, when looking especially at our users and just in, in the market in general is that, um, and especially, you know, post pandemic is that people are looking to be more uh, specific with what they want to do from from really from an experience standpoint. So, you know, it's not so much, uh, you know, on a localized level going to, you know, New York City, for example, and going to the Empire State Building. Right. It's more about finding those hidden gems, uh, yeah. the new, the, the hidden restaurants, the music scene, even cooking classes, things of that nature. It's more about, you know, really getting more involved within the culture of a destination rather than just the, the plain old touristy spots. And, and like you mentioned, Erica, you know, what we do is, you know, a lot of our content, you know, where we see one of our differentiators is just the way we, we create our content and our unique POV, where we're actually using content creators that are, have, uh, experienced living in those destinations that are true experts. Um, So that's why our users, you know, we've seen such a a huge growth in the last four years uh, across our platforms that people really look to us, not only in the planning stage, but even when they're on trip, utilizing, you know, utilizing our app where, you know, I've heard a lot of times where they may have something planned, they go on our app and then they see what you could do within a specific area, uh, within a destination, and they actually change their plans. So, yeah, so, you know, really from a a contextual standpoint, we're really trying to inspire our users to really go down that funnel. That's that's so interesting. And I was going to ask you in the last year with everything going on and obviously travel restrictions, when I think of a cultural experience, I kind of think of some 
exotic destination, an exotic hotel? Has it all kind of shifted in the last year to Airbnb and domestic travel for people in, in the U.S. or wherever they are in their local region? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, last year, you know, we were all taken taken back by uh, by COVID where we couldn't even do anything for the first, you know, six, seven months. And, you know, as things, you know, were trending a little bit better before we had some of the some of the peaks in the valleys, um, you know, what people were doing more of because people were so it's such a pent up demand just to even just get out of their house is that going, doing trips with their families or solo or friends doing road trips, right. doing more camping, more outdoor experiences where it was more safe to do those types of trips, right. uh, you know, going, you know, exploring and, and finding out new ways to explore their own cities, getting out of New York City, for example, or getting out of L.A. and really more of that discovery phase uh, again to really just to just get out of the house because, you know, the world changed so much. And to your point, Max, domestic now is still going to be more pertinent because people are still going to be weary of air travel, even though they even though the data suggests that air travel has been pretty safe. Um, so I think slowly as more people are being vaccinated, people, sure. people feel more comfortable domestically, it will continue initially. But then again, as those numbers increase, as far as vaccinations, people will feel more comfortable to get on the planes and rebook their trips and, and go to Europe and go to Australia and go to the Caribbean. Right. It's funny. I was reading something that I thought was interesting that there's with, like you had mentioned COVID, there's new standards that are being held with Airbnb, especially about cleanliness and sanitation guidelines. And I always think it's kind of crazy that it took something like a pandemic to really change their cleanliness yeah, God, guide, I, was, I was kind of hoping guidelines. they were following those guidelines before <laughs> but I mean, the major pandemic. And even some airports and hotels are using autonomous UV cleaning robots, which is pretty insane. I like that. I trust the robot. You like <laughs> get the data back. I know it's really clean. Not somebody told me. But that it's is good. It's interesting to think that it, of the travel that that's something that ha that's changed. That's hopefully something that will not that won't change. Go away. Right. That won't go away. Yeah. I mean, even where people are, are going to be staying. I mean, Airbnb actually didn't take as much of a hit um, as the hotel business because with an Airbnb, you have more control about you know, where you want to stay, what type of house, you know, what it offers, more of the privacy. We are not in a hotel with a lot of people. So Airbnb actually did did pretty well during the pandemic. Um, so again, to an earlier question you asked about, you know, is technology and all, the, and all this, you know, how people book, you know, maybe going more to the Airbnbs. Absolutely, um, especially after the pandemic, because they're going right. to want more of the privacy and and be more weary. You know, Erica, to your point about you know sometimes we probably, to be honest, you know, your cleanliness obviously is important, but it's not the number one thing I look at when I'm looking to you know stay in right. a was, in right. a hotel. Right. right, we all just touch the remote really carefully. <laughs> well, always the remote, <laughs> and I guess now you even think about like. If I'm at an Airbnb, I'm not worried about who I'm getting into the elevator with, right? Yeah, so there's that's that true. Kind of, I've never thought you know, about where, that. Where is this person from? What exactly. are the exactly. standards? You know, what's required for them to be here? Yeah, from it's going to make us vaccination. Yeah, it's going to make us think from every little detail. People are going to be uh, weary of what's around them and, and what they're doing and where and where they're going. Um, I mean, don't you you bring a you bring a, a blue a blue light right to all the hotel rooms? <laughs> I, you know, always, always I don't know. I don't always talk about that, but if I do, 
did that, I would probably run out of every room. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing. Like, not this one. Let's go to the next I, one. Right, even, the, even, the four star, even the five star hotels have issues. I'm sure. I have a fun fact because I know you. I love what my fun. fun you fact? love fun facts. I love them. Did you guys know that a pilot and the first officer never eat the same food on the flight? That's because if they don't, if they ate something that could get them sick, they don't want to get right. both get sick at the same time. Is this like the movie Airplane? Where they're both like, what did you eat? I had the fish. And then what did the co-pilot eat? He's like, I had the fish. Ugh, first of all, who's eating the food on the plane? Well, it's, sort you, like, it's sort of like, it's sort of like we go away with friends. I'm eating. Like, like, like my, I'm going to say my wife, she likes to fly separate from the, the wives and the husbands like to fly separate oh, just in yeah, case you guys something that. happens. Ugh, I just, I don't know. I feel like that is so, yeah. I gotta just, we gotta go all go down together. That's just it. For, for the record. I eat the food on the plane. Oh my god! Usually, it's so the first meal I get right, to you eat know that you day. Love the plane food. Oh, oh yeah. my god! I am that. Thousand percent. I am also that sucker that's like Thousand ordering percent. the protein, the powdered snack eggs, pack. the powdered yeah. eggs. Oh my god! Back the in the day, eggs? back Who's in the day, eggs? the powdered eggs back in the day were great. You're the one. You're the I guy that ate the eggs. I used to eat the eggs. Like I can't. When I was little, I remember my father when we'd be on a flight would be like, "Pass me a tray." He's like, "You done with that? Open the seats. You done with that?" I, I want to talk about IoT a little bit when it comes to travel. So IoT, or Internet, Internet of, of things, things, is truly changing the travel experience. Uh, there's sensors and everything from cars to buildings at check-in. Um, I was actually reading an article that Virgin Hotels in Europe are now changing the experience for the guests by giving them an app where they can control the thermostat and the TV right from their phone. Um, I also read another article where there's a hotel in China that uses drones to deliver room service. Can you tell where now, he's planning on the next trip? <laughs> I, just, I just want to go there I to get the drone. i China in my future. <laughs> De definitely. So I'm just curious, what's your opinion of what what is some of the top tech required by guests today in the travel business? Always being in a, in a connected state. I mean... In the data shows, it's funny, you, you mentioned I, I worked at Expedia for a while. Um, you know, one of the, the top two amenities always re requested is, is Wi-Fi. Um, you think about it from a, uh, a leisure perspective and especially a business traveler perspective. Sure. Uh, business travel, number one. Um, but even leisure, I mean, you think about what's important when you travel from a leisure standpoint, you know, social media, et cetera. I mean, you know, you look at millennials who are always, you know, on their social media, it's basically the, the main way that they communicate with their friends and their family. And, you know, especially when you think of travel, you know, social media, you're creating memories and you're sharing it in real time. And so, you know, as, as, as simple as it may seem, Wi-Fi is absolutely, it's and the critical. data suggests, yeah. is a number one, um, especially when they're, you know, researching a, a hotel, um, even just from the hotel room to the to the grounds to make sure that they have the capabilities uh, anywhere and everywhere in the hotel. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we would go anywhere that doesn't have connectivity just because, well, I'm crazy when it comes to You mentioned millennials and what they usually, you know, and that demographic, but do you tend, does culture trip focus on a certain demographic in that way with the experiences that they offer? Over 50% of our audience is 18 to 34s. And, you know, a lot of the content we write about are specific to say, you know, a lot of things that you can do within a destination 
But, you know, given the fact uh, that we utilize AI, where we can actually hit different demographics based on interests of our users across the site. So the type of content that they're engaging with, uh, the types of videos they're watching, uh, their, their, uh, their booking habits, uh, the types of hotels, the type of experiences that they're booking, uh, we can cater to different demographics across the, uh, across the spectrum. So you're using software, you're using AI to, to really create a specific experience for a specific user. And in this case, it's a user that really, you know, wants something a little bit more immersive. Absolutely. I mean, we want to understand um, what our users like, what type of content and cater and sort of uh, funnel down to be able to provide them with content that will help them plan a trip. And then again, the fact that we are, you know, we look at ourselves as a, you know, an e-commerce travel media company, uh, bring them down the full funnel to, again, Give them content that they absolutely want to read, uh, because and, and can be inspired by for their next trip. Because, as we all know, there are so many publications. There are you know s- spam emails we get in our in our inboxes where it's just you know sort of just throwing darts at a dartboard and, and hoping that um, a user will uh, you know want to consume that content. So we're trying to take away all those different steps to really use AI and and other sort of uh, targeting uh, data capabilities that we have to really cater to our users in a more specific and curated way. That's that's really interesting. I, I try to think of, and I have to really kind of imagine being in the demographic of, you know, 18 to 34, because I'm oh not gosh, there. Oh she's not there. But, but, <laughs> but I'm trying to think, what what else does that from from an experience perspective or or certainly from my viewpoint from a technology perspective what do i want as that experience and i kind of think to myself uh yes i want connectivity obviously i want to be able to post i want to be able to connect if it's you know i I need to get work done while i'm going through this experience but there's other features that i think of like i want to be able to use my smartphone to unlock my room sure you know something that hilton put into place a long time ago i'm sure you've experienced it at one point or another. I've you know gone, gone upstairs. Disney World with the Disney, magic bands. You know, ma- magic bands <laughs> in Disney World. I, I always somehow end up going up to the room, finally making it up there at like 10 o'clock, 10.30, whatever. I'm tired. I just want to go in. I use the little plastic card. Of course, it doesn't work. Right. It's almost like Murphy's Law, right? Go back downstairs. So so for me, it's things like that. It's It's having everything accessible from the smartphone, which is part of that experience. It's also utilizing sensors that are already in the room. Sure. And when I say sensors, like people are like, what's going on? Or, you know, someone watching me, but I'm thinking more like most people can associate to sensors with things like the mini bar, right? Like, yes. is, isn't there like a 10 second rule? Wait, like we always talk about when we go to like an all-inclusive with the kids and you know, this it's like they go in, they have a sip of their soda, they put it down, they forget about it for the rest right. of the day. <laughs> like I remember when we walked into a hotel in Miami with the kids and they like ran to the mini bar and I was yelling from the door, don't touch anything. I'm like three seconds to go before it makes its way on the bill. Put it back The $20 down. macadamia yeah. nuts. Like, they really are delicious though, right? They're so worth $20. But it would be cool if you, if your hotel room knew you rose from the bed so the blinds would go off and then, you know, you step out of the the door and they notify housekeeping to come. Those so that, that's well, actually lot, one, yeah. one project I was going to say that I actually worked on with Marriott, and it was actually in conjunction with Salesforce, we um, enabled housekeeping staff to know 
when someone had vacated the room so that they can come in and do the turnover. One of the most frustrating things for me, having traveled for 28 years before this pandemic pretty much every week, was somehow, no matter where I stayed, 8.30 a.m., I get the knock on the door. Housekeeping, we wanna make over your room. And, and that impacts my satisfaction as a guest with the experience. Sure. But when they can actually enter the room when they know I've already left for my meeting or if we're there on vacation, we're you know, down by the pool or on the beach, that makes it a better experience for the guests. And it also makes it a better experience for the staff because they're not sure. spending 50% of the time knocking right, on doors. Right, having to leave, come back. That, that's right. And the security issue with that, right. like you don't know what you're walking into. Who knows? Or maybe a user is using tech to put their preferences in when they want the cleaning lady to sure. come back. So you have everyone has their own profile. But I was going to say even, you know, when I was uh, in Vegas, we stayed at the at the Encore. And in each, each room, they had the iPad that controlled the lights and the curtains mm-hmm. and everything like that. So, you know... I'm sure you've had a lot of times where you're in a room and you try to get the curtain to get, <laughs> so you get so you cover every single piece of sunlight so you can actually sleep the next day when you're not traveling with your kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, little technology things like that, and I think actually more companies will look to technology post pandemic because it'll be to the point of we were, we were talking about uh, you know cleanliness right. and things like that. It's less people like touching the door, contact like contactless, yeah. less touching the doors things of that nature where it's more automated using tech versus the usual things that you would need to do, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're, you know, back at, you know, when we're, what we're used to going into a hotel room, what we're doing. So, um, even when you, you know, even the check-in process, you know, is a huge thing. That's a big issue for me always. The check-in process. It's a huge waste of time. Like it should be, you know, I know, I know like even like the airports are doing it with, uh, with the, with your eyes, you know, why can't hotels be like that too, where you just go up to a screen and they, and they can sense who you are to check in. The check-in process I think is the, the other big thing, uh, for people, you know, when they travel as well, because we've probably all been through it where they don't have our reservation. They yeah. have to get the manager. Like, the so room's I, not ready. The room's like, surprise, not ready. Surprise, right. you didn't know I was coming. Right. The room's not ready. So, yeah, so I think there's a big opportunity <laughs> from a tech standpoint from the, from the check-in and the check-out process as well. I couldn't agree more. That would actually change my entire experience when I travel is if I could just He sounds so, you sound in. so difficult, but it's, you're really not. It's that not difficult. because if I'm coming in and it's a late flight or it's a long flight, and then I have to stand in line, even if I have status. And it's like, you gotta stay in line. They're like, how can I help you? Well, you can help me by just giving me my room. I really just wanna go to my room. I wanna shower and get ready for a meeting or I wanna be able to enjoy the time that I yeah. have on vacation. And, and that just seems like it's one of those, almost like the housekeeping piece where we automated it. You need to automate that aspect. I agree there has to be that essence of a concierge or someone right. that could provide that personalized service, but the check-in process shouldn't really be right. part of that delay when you're when you're getting into a property or an Airbnb or whatever it exactly. might be. Exactly. And, and I do remember even the tail end of my time at Expedia, a lot of the hotel chains uh, were overhauling a lot of their um, system, computer systems uh, and upgrading them uh, for the pure fact of the, you know, inventory system, um, as far as room availabilities and things of that nature, sure. uh, to make the whole process. Because it, what's interesting is a lot of the hotels, when you look even from a, um, an advertising standpoint, um, you know, a lot of these companies are now 
not advertising as much with, say, the Expedias of the world because they want to utilize their own technology and booking um, booking tools for users to book with them directly because it's not only from a, um, a customer experience standpoint, but also for a revenue standpoint for them. And especially coming out of the pandemic, they may be looking to that as well. Sure. Get, get direct access to the customer. Yeah. I was also going to ask you, you talked about the demographic before that you, that you focus on or that kind of look at this experience as something that, you know, really drives their decision to travel. Do you see that or do you see industry morphing towards that or business uh, organizations booking experiences, not just destinations? Because traditionally I know, and you've been to a well, bunch like a of these- a business retreat. Right, the business retreat. Do you see businesses going towards- looking for an experience for team building exercises and retreats? Yeah, I think there is so much competition to work for these companies and so much talent that these companies are looking for different ways to attract certain type of, of talent to their to their company. You know, they want the best of the best, but they're also looking for specific skills. So, you know, what, what we see are, you know, in the industry in general is that companies are looking to certain benefits and perks versus the standard perks. Um, and a lot of that are the off, off you know, the, the retreats with the companies, you know, the big, you know, if it's a sales company, the big uh, sales conferences, I can tell you, you know, yeah. and you guys know when I was at Expedia, I oh, went to, yeah. you know, for our sales conferences because we were a global company. I mean, right. I was traveling to Costa Hawaii? Rica, Hawaii, yeah. Mexico, um, little things these days, little nuances, um, perks and benefits that companies offer um, sometimes make a difference. Um to whether they can attract certain talent. Now, should it be that way? Maybe, maybe not. But these are the things that have become important for companies to attract talent. So, so I I agree that it's not just about you know going to Costa Rica, for example. It's you know going to Costa Rica and doing um, you know going to an outdoor you know uh, mud spot or doing. Um, Wait, so uh, when you, when me and your wife were home cooking our children dinner exactly. and getting homework taken care of, you were you were getting a mud spa. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you, Max, what were you doing? You were hugging llamas and all these was, other things. I was hugging llamas yeah. and checking my email in my room. There was no, there was no mud. Or zip lining through the yeah. rainforest. It's like it's little things. So yes, there's the the experiences from a, a, a personal standpoint, but. You know, a lot of what we see is a lot of the research being done is across not just, you know, what hotel we're staying at, but right. what can we experience in that destination that we may not do ever again, or we may want to experience, you know, as a family or a solo traveler with our friends that can really make a difference of, of what our travel, what travel, what our trip can look like. I oh, I, I have a great one then. I've been thinking of booking a romantic getaway for Erica and I, and I read that the Voyager Space Station is going to be building the first space hotel yep. opening in 2027. Is that something I could book through Culture Trip? I think I'm going to the mud spa. <laughs> Uh, if they build a hotel, I mean, we're into more of the uh, the, the boutique type hotels, more of the That's you know, out of the box type of hotel. I mean, if you got, right, I think it's what five million dollars to to I think to book a reservation right now or something crazy <laughs> like that. I just think it's interesting. I like the the point of view of like a once in a lifetime opportunity because everyone, well, that's what everyone says when you do. Are you going to swim with sharks? You 
when would you ever swim with sharks again? You know, you're going to do it. And when would you ever... Why, why do you want to swim with sharks? <laughs> I just think it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, just like skydiving or hot air ballooning. Most people, you do it once, you're good. I mean, you... I'm still not swimming with the sharks. It, that, that's why we've seen a lot with, especially, I mean, not that we're old, but with the younger type, they're taking more of these... Usually you take a bucket list trip later in life, right? Right. You've done a lot. You're empty, maybe empty nesters. You want to take that bucket list trip, but it's becoming more and more younger uh, of a demographic that are looking to do these crazy things at a younger age because they do have this discretionary income. So it's not about, you know, especially the way we, you know, we push, you know, in our, in our point of view, from a contextual standpoint, it's not, again, like I mentioned, not about, you know, sort of the, the tourist traps. It's like, right. what can we do from an experience standpoint that we may not have had knowledge of, um, something that we would, would never think of. Um, and you want to be inspired. You want to be inspired and, and be able to have, you know, to the point of the, you know, making memories and, and being able to have that, whether it's with your with your mate or, you know, with your family or even, you know, a midlife crisis uh, solo trip, you know, climbing Mount Everest. Like those are the types of things that are becoming more relevant from a travel perspective than doing the, you know, the trip to Disney World, which Max, I know you love and probably never go back. But <laughs> more, more than life itself. More than life itself. I am never going back. Yeah. Like it could be for your for your family, it's going to Colorado and and doing the rapids down the Colorado Ooh, River versus that's the nice. Like, yeah, I like we that agree one. on that. I yeah, think, I think we might have a booking. On a different note, we are definitely coming off the worst year of tourism yet in history, and it's estimated that the travel industry has lost one point three trillion dollars in twenty twenty. There are hopes that things were recovering this past summer, but with changes in restrictions and new virus variants that wasn't as great as hoped for um, experts are predicting we won't see a return to pre-pandemic travel until 2023 which as you had mentioned earlier sadly we all in this room have had to cancel sure. and postpone trips when things are finally close to back to normal as possible what aspects of travel do you think will be forever changed Again, I think that the habitual of, you know, when you think of going on vacation, you think about hopping on an airplane. Uh, it may be more of that, you know, drive type of trip uh, with your family, doing things maybe differently of more of a, um, you know, uh, experience type adventure outdoor type of trip, you know, versus staying in a hotel for seven nights. Um, you know, one another big thing is. Um, a company like Airstream did very well. You, we were talking about technology. Oh, sure. You look at what Airstream is doing from a technology standpoint to make people feel like they're actually in a hotel, but giving you the freedom of going wherever you want. Yeah, so I think that's that. another aspect of travel where people may look now in the next couple of years um, of, of an option versus hopping on an airplane um, and traveling, you know, 10 to 12 hours. I think that's the other aspect. You know, if you are going to hop on a plane, will it just be to, you know, from New York to Miami? Um, right. or even, you know, no more than, you know, three hours to the Caribbean. It's, it's having the mindset of being, having sure. less time on the airplane around people, not that they're sick or anything like that, but you're, you're going to be more weary of those surroundings of exactly who, who is on that airplane. Yeah. Um, Culture Trip is offering the ultimate COVID-19 booking guarantee. Yeah. I'm glad so, you saw that. Thank yes. you. Yes. And I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool because that is another fear that there will be out of lockdowns locally or flight cancellations. 
and Culture Trip will refund or rebook you, which is nice. I like that. Yeah. So do you think most companies are going to join along and this is how they are going to be able to maintain business going forward, offering these type of guarantees? I think in the short term, they'll be more lenient. I mean, you still see that with the airlines, um, I believe, where they're not charging for you know, switching your plane or cancellation yeah. fees. I mean, I know, you know, I fly JetBlue a lot. I know they have those, they still have those, um, those policies in place. Um, you know, the industry, like you mentioned, is obviously took a, a monster hit, but you have to try at, at, at first, all of these companies, whether it's hotel, car rental, you know, air, they need to gain back, um, sort of make, make the traveler more, uh, as comfortable as possible and uh, have them be able to trust them that if, God forbid, things happen, um, that they'll be there to um, sort of have that, you know, that sympathy and, and sure. be able to, you know, refund their money, et cetera. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I think from both ends of it, there has to sort of be that 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 comfort factor. So, I mean, uh, like you mentioned, the culture trip, you know, we have a very close relationship to our users. And the last thing we would want to do is put it bluntly, you know, we don't want to give them a bad experience of not only enjoying our content, but also sort of, again, that full funnel approach that they can come to Culture Trip and book everything in one destination. You know, we want to build that trust between us and our users moving forward. We want to make the experience and everything that goes along with it um, as seamless as possible. You know, there's been a lot of talk also about the vaccine passport. This is the new, as everyone's starting to get vaccinated and carrying around their cards, some are laminating them. <laughs> uh, I was wondering how you would see the adoption of this. It's making that experience as seamless as possible, especially coming out of the pandemic where people don't want to be on a line for right. hours to check in for their flight. So again, coming from that technological aspect, it's, you know, getting a clear um, to uh, you know, work with the airlines and even the hotels. I mean, their business can span anything because of their of their technology to be able to make the experience as seamless as possible. And that can include, you know, in a common, in a confidential way. I mean, obviously, they're more the experts than than we are. Where you can upload your personal information. One of them being, you know, especially if you're traveling within the next couple of years, that you have had vaccine, that you're that you're quote unquote safe, yeah. safe to travel, and that you're not, you know, a carrier. It's, it's interesting that everybody thinks this is so new because I remember when I used to travel to Africa, I'd have to bring proof of inoculation to get a visa to be able to travel there in the first place. So this isn't anything new to the travel industry or uh, to immigration services around the world. This is something that has been done in particular countries for many, many years. I just think there's no reason why we can't take all that information in a secure, in a compliant way and in, in healthcare and HIPAA compliant way that you're not sharing patient information, but then it just uploaded to a service like Clear. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, I fly JetBlue all the time, you know, they have their, their and they're checking in with their, with their phones. So why can't it be, you know, either yeah. a, a signal or a, you know, a scan of, of your, if you're safe to, safe to fly, for example. I think it's also interesting that when we were talking about the demographic and just all of this tech stuff that we're mentioning. More than ever, everyone of all ages are using technology. I mean, our parents are now FaceTiming and Zooming. So it seems like it's opening up this, you know, this e-commerce travel so to, to such a different, broader demographic than ever before. Yeah, I mean, back yeah, back in the day, I mean, uh, 
you, know, you listen to your, I would listen to my mother or father on the yeah. phone on hold. You know, you're on hold for two I'm hours. I'm on with the airline. Yeah, I'm on with the airline. I'm, I, they they messed up our but you know I'm trying right. to get a hold of an operator. I need to change my flight. Like now it's just a touch of a button. The other interesting technology we're using is uh, a new feature that we have is uh, what we call our near me feature. You know, something may pop up where all of a sudden you don't realize you're in Miami and you see the you know the Versace you know mansion right. for example. Yes. Like yeah. you may not know where you know you're walking down ocean and all of a sudden it pops up hey you can check out the Versace mansion it's nothing something that you may not have thought of you know when you're on your trip to check out that's really cool and again that you can snap a picture and share it and and mm-hmm. all that so we're using we're trying to use all of these uh you know what we spoke about you know with the AI and and the and the near me feature and really uh, the true local localization of your travel um that are really pinpointing you know certain experiences and things to do you know you know while you're on trip as well. And and it seems so basic to me, but that's a real problem solver right there. Yeah, I mean, you know this conference, you know, we, we really debuted the Near Me feature um, in beta and we are even utilizing uh, bots as well uh, when we had a presence at South by Southwest in Austin. Oh, sure. Also because that's a conference when we're speaking about demographics and millennials, that's a huge place for that. So we felt it was the, it sure. was the right launching point. Uh, for that type of technology. I I think that's so cool. All right. That brings us to my game that I like to call (laughs) This or That. I'm going to say two things to you very quickly. You need to tell me this or that. Are you ready? This is fast. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Venmo or PayPal? Venmo. Get up early or stay up late? Get up early. The original Karate Kid or Cobra Kai? Original. Airbnb or hotel? Hotel. Revenge of the Nerds or Rocky? Rocky. Call or text? Text. Read minds or see the future? See the future. Walking or driving? Driving. Beach villa or cozy cabin? Beach villa. Be the coach of a team or the referee? Coach. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in or go out? Stay in. (laughs) Netflix or Amazon? Netflix. Own a boat or own a plane? Plane. Always be hungry or always be hungry. <laughs> That's a tough choice. <laughs> always be sleepy or always be hungry. Always be hungry. Plan everything or go with the flow. Plan everything. Pele or Lawrence Taylor. Pele. Motorcycle boots or cowboy boots. <laughs> Dedicated to my wife, cowboy boots. <laughs> that was a good one. Season tickets to the Giants or tickets to the Super Bowl game. Season tickets. Okay, and here we go. We're going to do drinks, deal, or delete. This is where I ask you, who would you like to have drinks with? Who would you like to make a deal with? And who are you just going to delete? Are you ready? Okay. Sir Richard Branson, Derek Jeter, Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter. And the choices were drink. (laughs) Everybody gets this. Delete. (laughs) Or deal. Drinks, deal, delete. I would probably delete Jack Dorsey. There goes your Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with Richard Branson and non-alcoholic drinks with Derek Jeter. (laughs) I don't think he's a drinker. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ryan. It's been awesome talking to you and really getting some great insight. We look forward to taking advantage of all this information and planning an amazing trip, hopefully all together.
thank you for the invitation, Techie and the Blonde, my friends. Um, I felt honored. Well, that's a wrap. If you have any questions on what we've discussed or something you would like to hear more about, please email us at techieandtheblonde at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, 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 oh,